As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We have a very special edition. There's a team we've been talking about a lot on this show. And I think the fans of this team feel that we've been fairly unfair to them. And I'm willing to admit that, but I'm not sure how unfair it is when a lot of it has been brought on itself by the team itself or the people affiliated with the team. So Anwar Richardson from Orange Bloods is joining us. I used to work with Anwar at the Tampa Tribune. We used to cover high schools together, but he covers Texas for Orange Bloods, and we're going to talk Longhorns. But Anwar, before we start, I'm going to I'm going to read this list that you sent me last okay. week because you and I were texting. We were texting after Moro Ajomo said what he said, and then Steve Sarkeesian came back and said, well, we can't have that. And, and <laughs> what Moro, who is a senior defensive tackle, what he what he said was, well, you're going to hear it, but this is this is the list Anwar sent me of everything that's happened in the last year or so at Texas. Uh, Sarkeesian roast Moro for publicly calling out players who don't want to win, which he did. Um, pole, asla- pole assassin slash monkey gate. That happened. That happened. Huge argument with Joshua Moore, at least to, to the receiver heading into the portal midseason. Uh, Bo Davis, the D-line coach, screaming at players after a loss and being broadcast on social media. Uh, also, what, what Bo Davis said and what Morrow said, not that different. But Correct. again, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, on the field, Kansas, six straight losses, five and seven. And of course, the, the big positive, getting Quinn Ewers in a top-ranked class so far that features a guy suspended a few months after landing on campus. That's a lot. <laughs> it's, you know... Andy, it's it's so it's so interesting because someone gave me this analogy once, and I thought it was actually pretty accurate. They said, you know, the, the Texas Longhorns are almost the equivalent of the Dallas Cowboys, and I was like, hmm, let me let me think about that for a second. And in many ways, it's 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 almost yeah. accurate, and and you know, it's it's fair, and maybe it's not something that Texas fans love, but it's the team that accomplished something years ago that has the brand, that has the name, the program that everyone looks to in the offseason, the program that everyone gets excited about. 
you know, in the offseason. I just saw these, the, the ESPN, uh, you know, rankings. What was it? The oh, F- yeah. We, we talked about the <laughs> FPI, baby. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's like they put Texas in there after a five and seven season. They already got like preseason, like college playoff odds. And it's just like, here you go. The burnt orange Kool-Aid is getting started in, in the offseason. And then what unfortunately has happened is that they just haven't lived up to the expectations uh, really since 2009. And so we get a lot of drama, unfortunately. Um, and, and I think everyone's like optimistic that Sarkeesian can at some Listen, point put an end to this. On where the kid was in the monkey space, allegedly. <laughs> the kid the kid allegedly was not supposed to be back there. We can't um, blame the monkey or the dancer if the kid was in the monkey space. Yes. The, the, so the, the kid, it, technically, they're not wrong, right? They're definitely not wrong. It just led to headlines where you're just like, oh, again, here we go again. It, and that's and that's what it is. And and the thing I got so frustrated about and and the Texas fans got mad at me for for voicing this, but it, it doesn't sound like it's that different than what a lot of other Texas fans were saying. Steve Sarkeesian getting mad at, at Moro Ajomo for saying what he said rather than being like, you know what? He's right. And. It's my job to fix that. Yeah, that's the thing. So with everything that was said, and I know you played a clip soon, with everything that was said and then the response by Steve Sarkeesian, the one thing he did not say was that Morva was incorrect. He didn't say Morva was wrong. He just said, I don't want him saying it. You know, don't, don't need him saying it. And, you know, I think when you th- when you hear it in context and then, of course, you know, having a chance to have sp- spoken to Morva over the past couple of years, the bottom line, Andy, is that he just wants to win. And he's right. frustrated with the losing that has occurred, you know, here at Texas, there's a lot of pressure, you know, you know, more so here than any other program. Someone asked me the other, the other week and asked me if Steve Sarkeesian is a good coach. I say he's a good coach, but the job is requires you to be great at university mm-hmm. of Texas. They don't want you to be good. They want you to be great. Tom Herman was good. That right. got him fired after a seven, three season. They want you to be great. That's that becomes the bar. And so when, what Mora was talking about is, not for them being good, but how did they go on to being great? And he was kind of saying to him, you know, man, I see guys, I'm trying, and guys are so interested in partying, and they want to go out and chase women and make money, but none of them are really trying to, you know, put in that extra work. There's a culture. He was really speaking to the culture that has existed, that Charlie Strong tried to break, that we see that Tom Herman tried to break, that we saw Steve Sarkeesian try to break. And he was speaking about something that's a little bit deeper in there, he shined the light on something, and maybe at some point he ends up being the martyr, Andy, that mm-hmm. even though no one liked, you know, people didn't like what he said, maybe it just needed to be said, and maybe he just needed to be the bad guy for saying it. But nothing he said was incorrect. And by the way, it's fair, Andy, after a five and seven season, to say, you know what, we have some problems here that need to get sorted out. Well, and and so let's let's hear what Morrow said this is the one that that everybody jumped on this was the the kind of money quote and you guys talked to him for for 25 minutes and and you sent me the whole clip and I'm, I've listened to it all in context and uh yeah you can you can sense from this guy how bad he wants to win now there there may be a question of is he the right messenger for this is he a good enough player in terms of production and, and everything else to be saying this does would this have to be B. John Robinson or Xavier Worthy or, or somebody like that for, for it to really land? But you listen to the guy, and again, like you said, 
There are no lies detected. So here's here's Moro. No, I mean it's it's hard. They're they're eighteen to twenty two year olds that want to chase women, want to chase money, want to chase alcohol, and they don't see they don't see the future. They're very distracted by like what is in front of them. You know, um, that's it's such a hard thing, especially guys that haven't been in a winning culture. Mm-hmm. That's why it's very easy for a lot of these powerhouses to keep going because it's established. So the new guys just come in and they're like, oh, shit, this is how we have to do it. Oh, shit, this is what we do. Right. It's so much more difficult. You know, they always talk about coming here and changing stuff like coming here and changing stuff. It's like it's ingrained. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like you're uprooting what, 10 years of shit that's just been like let go and go by like they're more worried about being on 6th street than like falling and making 50 million dollars mm-hmm. it's crazy as hell i don't know why he's he's not not wrong correct and, and what's interesting about that is you know he's talking about the the programs that that have it rolling and mm-hmm. how that sort of perpetuates itself and i think back to like when alabama won the national title in 2015 I remember Jonathan Allen talking about how much Dalvin Tomlinson and Ashawn Robinson police the locker room. And somebody said something to the tune of, well, what if, you know, what if somebody just gets out of line? And Jonathan Allen goes, would you look at Ashawn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think, you think that's ever going to happen? And, and, and it's like that. I mean, Clemson had Grady. It goes back to Grady Jarrett doing that for them. And then he taught, you know, Christian Wilkins or, or you know, what the next Malachi Goodman, he taught the next group and they taught the next group. Yeah. The problem is what these, the each group now at, at Texas is what they're teaching them is just somewhat mediocrity, you know, or it be a slightly above average. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a problem like, and you remember this very distinctly. And I know you remember this when Tom Herman had gotten there, right? Yep. He came in with that kind of like fiery attitude, sit the F up in meetings. You know, he had he made national headlines for, you know, the burnt toast and the soggy chart champion stuff. I think he got that from Urban, if I'm correct. But it, that is all. Yeah, that's all Urban stuff right there. Yeah. So he, he went that the P chart, the infamous P chart, right, that he used to have out there. And you Championship know hydration every day for me. <laughs> Boy, because I didn't want to be a bad guy. Right. Yeah, exactly. It uh. But you know what happened? People didn't like that. You know, the the, the parents didn't, didn't like that. The players didn't like that. And he got a hard time, you know, for for trying to institute those those kind of those kind of changes. He was kind of going more of like a hard ass. Let's just break this culture and get this thing going. It and it kind of had it a little bit, but you know, it doesn't happen, right? Uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is probably more of a players coach, um, which, right? Because of his NFL background, he's like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's, you know, Tony Dungy was a player's coach, right? There's, you can have success. Tony, Tony Dungy's teams were so self-disciplined though. Correct. Absolutely. To, you know, to the point where they're like, when it, eventually you remember in Tampa, they're like, we need to bring in a bad guy, bring in John Gruden in order to right. get him over the hump. And it helped initially. And then of course it, you know, failed after that. And so the, the challenge that in the morals, 100% correct. How do you teach these guys how to win when they don't know how to win? It explains why you can have the lead that they had against Oklahoma, and then all of a sudden it just all falls apart. It explains right. 
they can have leads going into the fourth quarters of three games this past season and then lose each game. It's because there's tomorrow's point. It's like there's a culture thing. The only thing, and look, I mean, at the end of the day, Charlie Strong came in. He started he started hard, but then became a player's coach. Tom Herman was kind of an ass, and he kind of softened up at the end to the point where he had a guy quit during a game, and the guy was back the next day. And then there's Sarkeesian. At the end of the day, what will change culture is winning. And yeah. you just you've it, they, they've just got to, you know the the worst part I think about about the Tom Herman era was that after that Sugar Bowl season, they couldn't capitalize on it. They couldn't right. keep it going to keep the, to get that ball rolling they've got to find a way and, and sarkis has got to find a way and it may be you know one of the things that he's doing andy is going into the transfer portal a little bit more heavier this year than he did last year and he's bringing in guys you know from an alabama and you know an ohio state he's bringing in guys who are used to winning and maybe having a little bit more being around a, a winning culture and so by maybe bringing in that they, they just had in uh you know hope i'm saying his name correctly a jai hall was just, yeah. you know, who, here. Was, who was suspended in Alabama, by the way. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Texas probably don't need any more choir boys, Andy. You know, no, no, you're probably right. At, but at some point, you know, you, Texas is, isn't trying to win some FCA awards, okay? They're trying to win some football games. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's, it's more of the thing is I, you're not – maybe you're not getting – the Alabama culture. If you get the guy who couldn't handle the Alabama culture, so yeah, that, but that, no, but, you're one hundred percent fair. But they've also it, brought in Jaleel uh, Billingsley. Uh, you know, who was a tight end there. They brought mm-hmm. in Elon Robinson uh, the other year. Previous, you know, to that same standouts. You know, also brought in Ryan Watts, uh, the cornerback. You know, the, as well. They're, they're, well, the thing is, Sark knows these guys because he he was coaching. He, you know, he helped recruit them. He was coaching when they were on the team. And I, I think now he I, did he I don't know if he had Hall at all because I think he'd already moved on to Texas yeah. but he was involved in his recruitment certainly had uh, was involved with Billingsley and and coached him uh, I think I think that's part of it. I, I I am curious to know what Sark took from Saban on that front because or what he took from Pete Carroll and and we've seen Sark as a head coach following his time with Pete Carroll but. At Washington at USC, you kind of wonder how much the other stuff got in the way. Now you have a different situation with Sark, and he's he's worked with Nick Saban, he's worked with Pete Carroll. How much of those cultures can can he work? And and I think it's the culture has to be different in Texas. I almost think the one at USC that Carroll had is a better fit for Texas and the players there, where you are rock stars, you get to act like rock stars. We're going to treat you like rock stars. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, that well, almost yes. works better, I think, for that yeah. that personality type. I think you're 100% nailed it because it's it's the thing that we've seen, Andy, is that we've seen coaches come in and tell you, this is our new culture, as opposed to taking the time to understand what the Texas culture is. And to your point saying, oh, okay, these guys come from the state of Texas where they all are superstars. They've mm-hmm. all been somewhat coddled for you know many years they play in the the biggest stadiums i mean the stadiums that you that we saw and and you talk about our high school days and stuff jefferson's and lando lake stadiums versus you know what they play in over here 
it's you know go out to Katie and it's and so when you get these guys who are superstars who are used to playing in front of you know twenty thousand people on a Friday night they get here and the, one of the things that Moro talked about is correct they feel like they've arrived like they feel yeah. like I've done it I'm, I'm here I'm at UT that here, here I am and to but like you said now how do you take that Hollywood thing how do you take Austin in all the glory and as beautiful city as it is Lake Travis and all this other type of stuff the the spotlight. Instead of saying we're going to try to be like Bama, instead of to your point, instead of trying to be we're going to be like Ohio State and try to replicate that, it's to say, oh, this is Texas. And I love what you're saying, Andy. You know what? This is we're going to be Hollywood, but we're going to yeah, be some yeah. bad, we're going to be some bad mofos in the process. Yep. But we're not going to shy away from who we are. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who are actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring, and it's time you join that number. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash cfb23. That's linkedin.com slash cfb and the numbers two three to post your job for free terms and conditions apply you and i have talked about this because we both grew up in florida uh, we both understand the the football culture in florida and and part of it is me just being where i'm from but i'm always like the best in florida would always whip the best in texas because the best mm. in florida are just hungrier They're, they don't get treated like superstars in florida they they, they have to work for it and they, they, they come up with a different <laughs> if it, they might have practice field, they got fire ant piles all over. Them if, if they're lucky. <laughs> right. So yeah. yeah, there's no turf. Then they have that now. Like my, my high school has turf now, which is wow. just crazy to me. But, but a lot of these guys come like some of the best players in Florida come from places where they don't put any money toward football, coaching facilities, anything like that. So it's a totally different environment, totally different upbringing. And, You've got to understand that. And so I am curious. And here's here's another clip from Moro, uh, from Moro because this one I, I thought hit home too, where he talks about, and this, this actually feeds into something. He didn't mention this, but the, I got to thinking about this, how poorly they have developed players for the NFL over the last 10 years. And I don't know if that's a recruiting thing, a raw materials thing, or that they're just not coaching them up that well. But – when Oklahoma produces twice as many draft picks as you over a 10 year period, you ain't, you're not doing it right. So here's, 
here's him talking about this and, and what guys have done while they're at Texas over the last 10 years. It's sad. I like, you know, I, I, we had this accountability group thing that I met with my group. And I try to explain to them and impart on them knowledge of, I admit, like, guys that I came in with that had talent that have done nothing with themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad. And they, they have maybe a bare minimum degree, and they made no money off of football. And I really try to impart on them that, like, <laughs> you, you can't waste this opportunity. It's going to be going like this. You're going to be thinking about them days. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I guess it's so sad thinking about some of the people that have, like, some of them escaped. Caden Cerns, Joseph Tsai. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot more that should have been with them mm-hmm. that didn't make it out with them. Anything by escaped, he, he's talking about. Yeah, made it to the league. Made it to, made it to the NFL. And I mean, yeah. he's talking about, you know, light, drastic life circumstances necessarily. But that that is another problem for Texas that that affects Texas in recruiting. And everybody says, oh, the recruiting rankings are high. But you got to remember with recruiting rankings, they have to fit. Like, you, you can get highly ranked players, but if they don't fit what you do, that probably causes more problems than if you just gotten lower ranked players that that fit your scheme and and what you're what you're doing, yeah. and that that's not just a. I'm not talking about Sark's administration. I'm talking about going all the way back. Yeah, I mean, Andy, it, there's I don't the talent you know isn't always the issue. It's just you're correct when you say the development of the talent. You know, one of the things that I you know I say a lot while I'm here, um, and especially during the Gary Patterson era, I always said, well, how many five stars does it take to beat TCU? I mean, how many five stars does it take to beat Oklahoma State? Like Texas always talks about accumulating talent and, you know, wanting to kill, compete against Bama and Clemson, yep. Georgia for the elite guys. But if you used to start from, you know, the smaller level, Andy, and just say, okay, before I even get to the NFL, just getting out of the Big 12, you know, we've seen the other, we've seen it happen twice over the past couple of years with Baylor, almost starting over from scratch. And then mm-hmm. finding ways to have success within the Big Twelve, whether it's Matt Rule, whether it's Dave Aranda. And, and Baylor's producing NFL players. Yes, Baylor had more guys at the at the combine than Texas did. Texas had two guys at the combine this year, and one was a kicker, <laughs> and then the other's a DB. And Take I'm the kicker, quite very sure, good. You know, and I'm not quite sure where either of the one of those guys get drafted uh, if they get drafted. You know, at all. It's it's risky. I mean, we Texas may have a guy who's drafted. Day three, sixth or seventh round, but we talk about like from a recruiting perspective, that hurts. You know that, that you know it's it's easier when you start thinking about where do I want to go. You know, one of the you know some of the death blows to Tom Herman was when Quinn Ewers wanted to go somewhere else, and then mm-hmm. Bethany, the Brocker Myers, when they decided like I'm not going to be have anything to do with that, and we're going to go to Bama. These, and these are twin. These are twin offensive linemen from Texas. Dad played for Texas. Correct. And they and they have everyone in their family essentially went to, to Texas and they decided to go somewhere else. And some of that, you know, is when a guy start thinking about where the which program could get me ready for the league. Sometimes Texas doesn't rank. And, you know, think, do the math on, on this, Andy. You know, 2005, when we think about the game, of you know, the yep. biggest game in, in, in Texas history. Oh. And now let's go to Texas has NFL players all over the field. Yeah. In that game. But now think about think about it from an, another perspective, Andy. It's it's two thousand. So we're in two thousand twenty-two. I mean, if you go to that and Madison oh, High, 
2005. The recruits were just born. <laughs> we, yeah, we're talking about like babies, if not if not born at all. And so you have a, a generation uh, of kids who don't know the University of Texas that we know. It's, it's the same way you have a generation that doesn't understand like Nebraska once was a powerhouse, right? right? And Tommy Frazier was so amazing and Osborne, like all that type of stuff. That's our generation. Yeah. These kids just look at it like Nebraska. It is what it is. Texas, a lot of hype, but they've seen other programs be more successful in that time frame. The word that, that Morrow used was ingrained. And I think that's probably, by the way, that guy needs a podcast. I know Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> says he doesn't want to let him talk again, but this is the NIL era. And, and yeah. Morrow had some thoughts on NIL as well. And he doesn't seem to be all that interested in it. But if somebody wants to throw him some NIL bucks into a podcast, I would listen to that because that dude's pretty all, smart. all day. Because you know, it's yeah. we want our athletes to be honest. And then when they're honest, they're like, whoa, 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 that was too honest. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's why I never criticize anybody for for saying how they feel. Like mm-hmm. it, you say how you feel, and we'll we'll deal with the fallout from that. But yeah, I so there are guys on this Texas team that are special athletes, though. Like mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson going into year three, in terms of tools, maybe the best running back in the country. And in terms of when when draft evaluators get a hold of him and, and look at his balance and his size and speed and strength and all that. They're going to love him. Can he be the centerpiece of an offense? Can he be what Najee Harris was to Alabama? You know, they've got Xavier Worthy, who first play the Oklahoma game. You're like, oh, man, <laughs> this is going to be amazing. Yeah. So, you know, can can they finally get over that hump where some of these guys who were special recruits become very special college football players? You know, that becomes a big question. And the thing is, Andy, some of the things I've talked about, it's almost like there's so many reasons why it should happen that it would be crazy if it doesn't. When I talk about, you know, they finishing with a top five recruiting class and Texas doing something that they hadn't done in years, which is stack on the offensive line and a mm-hmm. defensive line. That has been a huge weakness for this program as far as recruiting is concerned for years, years, Andy. You know, they've had guys who've gone to the league but it wasn't because they recruited a high five star and he just kept it, kept it going. There's a guys who, you know, a Connor Williams that kind of you know yeah. develops and you're like, Oh, okay. That, that happened, but it wasn't what you recruited him thinking that was, was, was going to happen. But you know, you look at, they've been able to bring in a guy like Quinn Ewers, right? Mm-hmm. They've got Bill Billingsley, you know, the tight end in the transfer portal. They were able to get Isaiah Nayor uh, from Wyoming, who I yep. believe you guys had listed at, at the athletic as one of the top transfer portal yeah uh, he was really good last year and uh, tennessee thought they had him he he committed there and then decided to to go to texas where i mean shoot if if he's as good as he was and were these playing on the same field i don't i think you're gonna have a hard time covering them well yeah and so you still you know you still have that jordan winnington you know comes back and if he's healthy that's a that's a heck of a trio there you know as far as offensive weapons uh are concerned um, you know, they bring in Ryan Watts, the cornerback out of Ohio State, you know, as an addition They bring in Gary Patterson, you know, as, as a specialist, mm-hmm. you know, a guy who that's a de- that's a defensive guy. Hey, you know? and- hey, Gary, how'd you beat us with all those three stars? <laughs> you can't beat him. Join him. You know, so you have yep. you, know, you have Gary Patterson. That's there. They bring in two two new assistant coaches, you know, Andy Brennan Marion. Who was mm-hmm. unacted was you know coach for for Addison, the Blitnikoff winner yeah uh, Blitnikoff winner he's now at Texas to Char Choice 
uh, joins us as 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 a running backs, uh, you know, coach replacing Stan Drayton, who becomes the head coach at at Temple. You know, and then you still have the possibility of certain guys out there. Like we talked about Hall, O'Shawn Mathis is a guy from TCU, defensive end. Maybe he doesn't have the national name, but I know you're familiar with him. Well, and his mom gets in your chats when you're, when you're doing <laughs> your live show. That's and that's he, the best. She just that is. Questions. <laughs> oh, she was, it was amazing. And then, you know, in this, he's probably visited the campus. He took, he just decided yet last week after visiting the, Nebraska two weeks ago, and he's supposed to have an official visit this upcoming week. He just woke up on a Saturday. It's like, I'm going to go to Texas and just see, and just hang out there and go to practice. So you see that trending in the right direction. And if he, with all those components on the table, you, sh- you look at it and say, you, you know, you don't want to burn it. I don't want to pour the Kool-Aid, but you say, okay. man, they got to be better. I mean, they've well, got to at least be better. They can't this is be like worse. This is like the video you sent me on Twitter of the Texas fan <laughs> playing oh, yes. both sides where he plays the person who's who's skeptical of Texas and then the person yeah. who convinces him, you know, talks him into Texas one more time. And, and it's it's true. I mean, it's hard to look at all the inherent advantages and look at all the the players and the and the on-paper talent and not expect big things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I am curious about the quarterback situation because uh, Quinn Ewers was committed to Texas under Tom Herman. He decommits, commits to Ohio State. He goes to Ohio State a year early because the state of Texas wouldn't let him make NIL deals as a high school athlete. But C.J. Stroud is very much ensconced as Ohio State's starting quarterback. Uh, He will be Ohio State's starting quarterback this year and will probably be in the NFL next year. Quinn Ewers transfers to Texas. It's him against Hudson Card for the starting job. How do you think that's going to play out? I mean, I think it's Quinn's job to lose at this point. You know, I think if you – there's a couple of things associated with it. One, you know, Quinn is 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 talented. Hudson is talented. I think there's a, cha- there's a couple of challenges I think Hudson Card faces in this quarterback battle. The one thing is that we know Hudson Card is great – in the, on the practice field. We know that. And, and, mm-hmm. and to that point, he won the job. He beat out Casey Thompson, who's now there at, at Nebraska. In Nebraska, yep. But what happened is when they played against Arkansas, it, that, that game speed was overwhelming mm-hmm. for Hudson to the point that he got benched. And they put in yep. Casey the following week. And, and then Casey caught fire at that point. So if you are Steve Sarkeesian, how do you believe anything you see in practice this offseason? How do you how do you know for sure it won't burn you again? Because it burned you once. Two, if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you've used your kind of get out of jail free card in year one. Yeah, I would say this, Andy. If this team finishes seven and five or eight and four, it Ooh. probably feels a lot different and more optimistic. If Quinn is the quarterback, now if Quinn's the quarterback and he's a redshirt freshman, you could say eight right. and four. Okay, he's growing, he's well, learning. Especially, especially the, it depends on how the four go. Correct. Like if they're competitive and that I, I I'm with you on that. And and it's what's weird about the Sark thing is last year was not a year zero situation. Like they fired Tom Herman because he was just he was not achieving to the level 
that satisfied them. Yeah. They weren't terrible. And they took a three. I mean, yeah, and they and they took a step back. And so that that's the part that scares you now. Cause like Sark's record as a head coach didn't exactly light the world on fire before that. But but you said, okay, that was a different situation. You know, he got fired at USC for off the field reasons. Mm-hmm. That, according to everybody, has been cleared up. So that part, I, I just, I, I worry about that because you should be, if you are hired as the upgrade, which is, which was the way this was sold, it should be an upgrade, and it hasn't looked like it. Yeah, I mean, it's been an upgrade as far as recruiting is concerned. Like, right. That, that's a, you know, it's a potential upgrade as far as bringing in those guys. But like you know, it's and it's it's not an insult, and nor is it any disrespect to say Steve Sarkeesian still has to prove himself. As a no, head I think coach, it's entirely you know, true. Yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, I mean, he's he's had uh, he's never won more than eight regular season games. You know, he had nine at one point, but mm-hmm. he's never won more than eight. He was always around that seven win yeah. uh, kind of thing there. And you no, know, and look, yes, he worked he worked under Saban. They had a lot of success under Saban, but you know, at some point, it's easy to be Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, the, the the only there are two now Saban former assistants that have won the national title. One happens to be about an hour and a half from Austin and college station. And, and the other is in Athens. And those are going to be conference rivals for the Longhorns mm-hmm. in the next few years, but they're not yet. And you know, it, it, you just have to, but you have to look at, you know, what Kirby took from, from Nick Saban and they, they are recruiting at an entirely different level than, than Texas yeah. is at Georgia, yeah. Texas A&M is at least this past year, recruiting at a different level than, than Texas has been. So it, that part of it is is going to be interesting as they transition. I, I've i said this about Texas and Oklahoma when it comes to going to the SEC. I actually think getting that SEC patch on the jersey will improve their recruiting. Everybody else seems to think, oh, now they're going to get killed because now they have to recruit against LSU and Alabama and Oklahoma or, or and, and, uh, and Georgia. But I think there are players that stayed away from the big 12 specifically on the defensive line that will say, Oh, you're in the sec now. No, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll sign now. Well, because you know, the ultimate goal for a lot, all these kids is that they want to go pro. I mean, mm-hmm. right, longer and different. Andy, every time a kid signs, there's their letter of intent or a scholarship. You always hear for the next three, maybe four years, <laughs> right. I my talents is somewhere like for the next every kid, four years, <laughs> every kid talks about the next three, maybe four. I mean, I don't know if something just doesn't go right, but yeah. you know, they all say it's like three, three or four because they all think they're going to go pro, you know? And, um, and, and so the thought process is look, we'll see. And we'll see it next week. Okay. Next, next mm-hmm. Sunday, after the NFL draft is out and we see the numbers of who got drafted from what conference is yep. going to have the sec with 50 something players, 60 right. something players. And, and then, and far and away on the line of scrimmage, the sec yes. is going to be winning. Yes. So. And then way, way down there at the bottom, you know, you're going to see the big 12 competing with, you know, some the, the other conferences and some may not even be power five conferences. And so, yeah, you, you that's how you want to do it. Now, the good part, I think, is that we saw an, an, a boost um, from a, a offensive line slash defensive mm-hmm. line recruiting 
um, from Texas this in like I said in this 2022 class right. which again, and, and those guys are looking at I may play in the SEC we don't know all the vibe I, I am curious about that because everybody I've talked to there's been no vibe coming out of Oklahoma or Texas that that they're going to get in the SEC any earlier than 2025 has there been any chatter on 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 you guys in that, that they might be able to figure out a way to to make that happen with you know leadership change in the Big 12 any of the new stuff yeah, it doesn't seem like they're willing to to cut that check at this moment. And you know, again, you can cut the check, but it doesn't it doesn't seem like they're willing to do that. I think there's also, if I'm correct, Andy, uh, I think there's a, like an 18 month notice that must right. be given, um, and that has not been given yet. So you know, you start you know you start pushing you start that doing back. The math. Yeah, you start doing the math. You're like, okay, if they did it today, you know, you're still talking about 2024 ish or so. So more likely. Yep. They seem to be willing to wait, you know, to 2025, not, you know, cut this conference, you know, another check uh, and be patient about it. I think there was optimistic and hope, but from the Texas side that maybe they can get let out, something be done. But at this point, I think they're, they're, they're content to just, you know, stay the course and see what happens. Yeah. So the, the, this class of 2023 will be the one where guys are saying, OK, I'm definitely going to play in the SEC. Like I'm going to play at least one year in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And I, I will be curious to see how big of a difference that makes when when Texas is recruiting them, when Oklahoma is recruiting them, because I'm guessing there will be some players who might think of those two who might have had a different list otherwise. Yeah, well, for instance, one of the big the big names that Texas is in on and Sarkeesian's doing a great job recruiting is Arch Manning, right? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. But it, when you look at the Manning family, uh, Andy, that's an SEC family. Yeah. Right? Ole Miss I mean, and Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean, that's that's an SEC family. So, you know, was was he really going to jump out of, you know, the SEC both, the SEC familiarity just to play in the Big 12? Like, I don't – I'm not quite sure Arch has been like, man, I can't wait to go against Texas Tech one day. I can't wait to face Baylor <laughs> yeah. and TCU. Like, this, this is a childhood dream is what I grew up watching. Like, no, but having an opportunity to work with Sarkeesian, and to, to your point, Andy – then face SEC opponents, I think that helps. Now, the other thing that's huge, A&M has got it rolling from a recruiting standpoint, so there is some catch-up work that's going to need to occur. Yeah, and and that's that's going to be an interesting dynamic just because uh, the, the the Texas A&M thing, and we had Billy Lucci on a couple of weeks ago. Ah, uh, Billy. And, it, it, oh, I, I know you all, Orange Bloods and Tex-Ags, you know. Yeah, I, Billy and like, I are, like are peanut friends. butter and jelly. It, it, well, it, I, it, listen, I know. I, I, I understand, you know, I can break kayfabe. The, the, you guys can't. But, <laughs> yeah. but this will be an interesting test of the dynamics. I actually think Texas and Texas A&M will find out when they are both in the SEC together that they have more in common than they realize. Mm-hmm. And they will find themselves on the same side of a lot of issues. But I do think the superiority that the Texas fans feel regarding A&M you may feel that way about the school still and the, 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 you know, liberal arts versus ag school dynamics and all that. I don't think they're going to be able to feel that way about the football piece of it because it, it, I, I liken it to, you've got the older brother who used to always beat up on little brother. The older Mm -hmm. brother went away to college. Meanwhile, little brother hit a growth spurt and hit the weight room. Like 
Yeah. And yeah. You, you're like, oh, dang, we're, <laughs> mm-hmm. you can take, you, you can probably take me now. <laughs> so, yeah. And you're right, Andy, because when we, we actually had a Billy on our um, Texas Longhorn uh, YouTube channel, Texas mm-hmm. Longhorn Football, you can feel to check that out. Yeah. And one of the things that Smash came that out, subscribe button. Hey, hit the like and subscribe. Thank you, Andy. And the one of the things that came out of the conversations that Jeff Ketchum and Billy was having, and, and, and Billy and, and Jeff actually gave Texas AM a lot of credit where he said, Years ago, AM made the right choice by getting mm-hmm. into the SEC, and Texas did not. You know, and, yeah. and Texas staying staying put and not leaving when they probably had the opportunity to, and AM leaving and getting a head start to get into the SEC, I think, you know, was clearly, you know, a good move for them to the point now Texas is like, okay, this is where we need to be. You know, it's time yeah. to be at the big boy table because to your point, Texas was always kind of looked down on the SEC with the whole like you know our academics institution right. like we it, it meant so much to us which is why they were looking a lot more in out west and, and, and if you think about the last 10 years texas would have made a great pac-12 school or pac-16 yeah. or whatever that would have been yes they would have but staying here in the in the conference they realized like oh whoops probably should have you know it was good to get the money you know with lesser teams it was you know it was good to yeah. get the money but getting to where your ultimate goal is and getting to where the program is wants to be was a little bit more challenging. So it, it, well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing it because, you know, I've been here since 2014. I've never seen that game in person. I'm sure yeah. you have. And Texas fans have always told you they don't want to have it. But yeah, AM, AM right now will, you know, is, will be a, the big boy on the block. And, and honestly, Andy, the one thing Sarkeesian has to do, it's going to be really important, is to get some momentum mm-hmm. before they get into the SEC because that Arkansas game, really showed it was an eye-opener like, yeah how far away texas really is for competing against the sec and and no one viewed arkansas as like one of the big dogs in the conference so right Ar- arkansas was a good team last year but they got destroyed by georgia and that and, and that's that's the gap so that that's what what they're dealing with but yeah i i think momentum's important i am curious you mentioned arch manning before if Arch Manning were to commit to Texas, how much grace does that give Steve Sarkeesian, regardless of what happens on the field this year? Gives him tons of grace, you know, at that point, because at that point he will say, I, he brought in Quinn Ewers, you know, transfer portal now, he was a former five-star regarded right. as the top player in the country at one point. So, you know, you still would have been able to bring in that. You bring in Arch, now all of a sudden you start – thinking like he becomes that Lincoln Riley, like this is where quarterbacks want to this go. This is where quarterbacks go, which is a great reputation to have. And, yes. and and there's not really like, because, you know, Lincoln Riley's at USC, so he could still be that, but he can be that on the West Coast and it doesn't necessarily affect Texas where it is. And, you know, Brent Venables, that, that's not the, the kind of vibe they're going to give off at Oklahoma from now on. So even though they probably will have good quarterbacks. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. I, I can't wait to watch all this and, and Anwar, thank you so much for, for joining us and, uh, and for passing along that, that interview with Moral because I, I think the, the guys, he was just dead on. I hate that. We're probably not going to hear from him again this <laughs> yeah. year publicly, 
But uh, pro day, listen, pro days next year. Maybe I hear from. Maybe they'll let him talk. Yeah. Then. Listen, Moro, if you want to, if you want to spot on the Andy Staples and Friends feed, we can we can find a day for you. Like we'll carve <laughs> one out. So you have John I'm, I'm Bianco ready. coming to hunt you down if you do that the, one. <laughs> the the best part, I was cutting those clips. John Bianco, the the longtime sports information director, of Texas, fantastic human being. <laughs> the, the at the end of one of those, and I cut it off. You can hear. Any last question for Moro? <laughs> and he went for like 10 more minutes. So poor John was, was was struggling at that point. So probably was not a comfortable conversation John had with um with Sarkeesian afterwards. And so hence my bet is we see him at Pro Day in 2023. Yeah. Before I oh, before I let you go, I do have one more question. I've been watching on, on your Twitter feed. So your son Max Anwar mm. getting wet from all over the court, just unconscious in these videos I'm seeing. How's the AAU scene for for kindergartners in Austin? And <laughs> are you already lining up NIL deals, or do you need the yeah. the the Texas State Association to to fix that law and or fix that rule and get that get that straightened out by the time he hits like fifth grade? It's so fun. By the way, he plays for this AAU team here, Skyhook uh, Basketball. Very nice. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm AAU guy. I figured I would support the the conference, the team, and everything like that. It's fun. You know, Andy, so this might, he's in third grade. He's a nine-year-old. He comes off the bench, and which I totally want, by the way, um, just as he works his way into it and gets more comfortable because he's a little bit smaller. And, yeah, yep. he, he, had a, he had a game. I posted it on our, our social media. So I was posted no longer on Facebook, but on Instagram, where – Oh, it must have been Instagram where I saw it. He was yeah, just yeah. all it, it, over the place. It was he was bananas, like it just making shot after shot, and I just hadn't seen it in good form, good technique, good everything. He scored like it was like a twelve uh, off the bench in, in that game. Uh, but to be fair, he was a little quiet in the other games. He was uh, more of a defensive guy in the other games. So it's you know the the thing about AAU, honestly, one as a parent is the anxiety that you have watching your kid do things and. You have to let go. It's like the first time you're having to let go. And so if he gets knocked down or he gets upset, you just have to sit there. You can't be the person that wants to run out. Do it. The second thing that's fascinating, Andy, is watching parents, man. Like sometimes oh. you're just like, man, what is – what what you I, think? I, so I – it killed me that I could not go to my son's first football game mm. in, in middle school football last year because I was working in Georgia. But – on further reflection, I'm glad I wasn't there because I would have been losing my mind. <laughs> yes. just, and so I, w- my wife sending me the videos of the first game got me better prepared to handle how to act in the second game. Well, you know what? Get, you know what helped me in the second. This is our second tournament. You know what it helped me? A full Yeti cup that was sitting in my car. That there you I go. Could, that I could go and relax in between games. That that is actually what helped calm me down the second time. It is it is you, truly Tito. amazing. Now we Tito don't have any eight thirty in the morning. It's okay. It helps me get through today. <laughs> there you go. Well, you're and you're supporting a local business. That's all that really matters. Yes. So, <laughs> Anwar Richardson, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Andy. It's good talking to you as always.